When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Anthony Haggerty and Graham Young to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we analyse Celtic's dramatic Sunday afternoon at Ibrooks. We ask, was this one of Brendan Rodgers' finest hoops moments? And what psychological impact will the result have on the team? Also, we'll ask, should Celtic splash out £7 million on potential superstar, odds on Edward? And finally, we'll make predictions ahead of the team's trip to Fur Park on Sunday. So, gents, there's really only one place to start, and that is at Ibrooks last Sunday. How do you how do you even begin to sum that up, Graham? It's one of one of the best Arby's we've seen in quite a while, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. I was actually blogging it on Sunday, and I think I deserve a medal for it because it was end to end. It really it was one of the most fantastic uh, Derby matches in a long, long time. It really did have everything from start to finish: goals, drama, excitement, good play, plenty of endeavour, and it really did remind many of the games of yesteryear where these two teams were. Just at each other every time they played. Do you know the great thing for me, Gary, was that Sky had the the trail rivalry weekend and the two best games amongst all the games that they showed, I think there was about six in total, was Hibs and Hearts and Rangers and Celtic. And Rangers and Celtic was the best by a country mile, but it it, it blew away the likes of uh, Man U, Liverpool, I think there was Aston Villa, Wolves. Wolves, Derby, couple other English derbies were in Nottingham Forest derby as well, but blew them out of the water in terms of, as Graham was alluded to there, just excitement and sheer raw passion and emotion. Yeah, and as we always say, a good advert for Scottish football, no doubt. So we'll start trying to run through this in chronological order then. So last week we were talking largely about what team Rodgers would go for. Would it be Sinclair or Edward? Um, Rogic or McGregor getting an odd but it was actually the two midfielders who started what did you make of his team a bit of a surprise there or I was surprised that uh, Boyata started right Boyata for me was the major surprise and three minutes in it just compounded everything we thought about Boyata he was ring rusty criminal mistake and put Celtic up against it right away but uh, I had no problem with uh, Rodgick and McGregor he likes McGregor in these games because he believes that McGregor's a forward thinking player we spoke about Rodgick last week you know my thoughts on Rodgick but again big big game player produced another special goal in a big game but that apart I'm still struggling to see what else he did but so you're, I, you're still maintaining your I, stance I'm still on, maintaining on it, but I, I'm not taking anything away from the, from the equaliser and the finish it was absolutely sensational but if someone else can tell me what Tom Rodgick did in that game before getting a hook, I'll I'll be willing to listen. Okay, Graham, what did you make of Rodgick? Well, I think that's what Rod- Rodgick does as a player. I think that level ability, the way he was able to ride the tackle, 
and then the finish it's just sublime like this is a player of genuine quality and it's not is it yeah yeah exactly that's a good way of it. but i think those moments are priceless when a player can produce that that's what he's in the team for and I think, again, another big game, another big goal. That's two at Ibrox this season as well for Rogic. Just a really important goal, important time in the game as well. But yeah. is it me or are they just fleeting? I know well, come along, I know, and I know everyone will say he scored in the cup finals and he scored at Ibrox and he did this. And, and I get all that, but I'm still waiting for the all-round Rogic performance where he dominates a game from start to finish. He's like Nakamura in that respect. He's a bit of a luxury player who produced big goals at big in big games, but I never actually once seen Nakamura grab a game with a scruff of the neck. You know, he could do sublime things. Well, and, and, and I feel that Rogic is the same. And I, I I'm I just think there's ability there, so he should be producing more. Yeah. Funny you say Nakamura, probably going back thirteen years. Nakamura's first game against Dundee United, the debut, he actually played as that number ten. And that was probably him he's most influential. Probably at 40, 50 touches that day. But I think with Rogic, it's, it, I, I don't disagree with Tony in the sense he's not a 90-minute man. He doesn't normally finish games. But for those just moments where he can find that pocket space and he glides beautifully and the finish was just, honestly, it's ah, top of the way. Ah. I know it took a little nick off Bates. But I think with that kind of value, if you're not, even though you're not getting it for the full 90 minutes, it's still worth its weight in goal because he produces that, changes the game. Listen, the five goals in that game were superb. Every one of them, you'll go a long way, a long time to find a derby match that produces five goals of stunning quality. And I mean stunning quality, not just good goals, stunning goals. Five goals, but the first goal, the opening goal for Rangers, this came from a really bad Boyata error we're talking about. I mean, compare... That's, that's got Dedrick Boyata, I'll keep saying that to myself <laughs> as I, you know... Compare got a got a run out last week, so we thought he'd maybe start. I mean, Boyata is he's definitely got talent, but he's been hot and cold this season. There has been a few mistakes there. Big gamble by Brendan Rodgers, and within three minutes he realised it, it backfired and he got it spectacularly wrong. Uh, because Dedrick Boyata, he was there for his experience. Now he probably he probably get a nod of a compare because of that, and that's one of your more experienced players taking a dreadful touch within the first couple of minutes of a Rangers game. Now, if you're unsteady and you're unsure, you just you kick it into the stand, you know, and find your feet, play your way into the game. You don't take risks, and you certainly don't take big risks like that in a game of that magnitude. And I'm sure Rogers was tearing his hair out after five minutes, saying, oh, well, what have you done here? But thankfully his team, you know, rallied to the cause and, and brought them back into it, you know, and, and thankfully for Bayata. But, uh, I mean, his he, he game went from bad to worse. What what do you make of Bayata in, in general, Graham? Do you, do you see the talent there, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I like Bayata. I think, for, obviously, you were, if you're judging him on the other day, he was, he was appalling, he really was. He was terrible from start to finish. But, in saying that, he, his game he went from probably terrible to bad, actually, for the last half hour. He's a much better player when he's asked to be physical, just win headers. That open play stuff's always... He's Achilles' heel. Gives the ball away a lot. He's he's a bit untidy in possession, a bit ungamely. But I felt like Tony he was very rusty. And Celtic straight away they they want to get down to business. Show Rangers they can pass and move. And that was just Rangers were waiting. Windass was on the, the case. The irony was that when Celtic went down to ten men and Rangers attacked, they stopped doing what they were doing, and that was trying to play the intricate passes, which were catching Boyata and Semyonovic out. They, they resorted to the high ball into the box 
which you're meeting drink to guys like Ayer uh, and Boyata. So when they're heading the ball and kicking the ball the way they're facing, they can cope with that if it's a aerial bombardment and the physical challenge. But see when you start getting it down the sides and playing the intricate stuff and then around the area, they're not comfortable with that. And for some strange reason, Rangers stopped that when they, when they were up against 10 men. I can't fathom it out. Well, Brendan Rodgers gave a lot of credit to his defence in those last 20 minutes when Celtic really had to weather the storm. But but looking back a bit, so we've talked about the, the opening goal for Rangers, Rogic's fine equaliser. Then we've got Rangers going in front again. What did you make of the defending there, Graham? It was a kind of bouncing ball in the box. but That goal was terrible as well. Obviously, by that, it was an individual mistake and they were punished. But like a whooping, no pace ball from the left-hand side, bad defending down. I had him in it a bit tighter. It rolls over. Tierney takes a really bad position, actually. Like, kind of squares himself up and, by the way, turns around. Kandace is there and obviously it hits off Tierney again and goes in the net. Rodic's position, it's no Rodic, eh? Bayata's position isn't he clever there either. He, no. he allows Morelos to get in front of him and not let him go near the ball. Whereas yeah, if, you're a, see if you're a big central defender, you throw him at the road. I know it's in the penalty area, but I'm not talking about physically manhandling, but you get in front of him and you stop the cross. You get something on it, you put it out for a corner, you put it out for a shot, or you put it out somewhere. But you get it away from the danger area. But he allowed Morelos to just sort of get the kind of, one, get the run on him, two, get in front of him, and three, just kind of, out-muscle him, but he's a big guy. Surely you could out-muscle Morelos. You know, and, and, didn't, and didn't even think about where the ball was going to land. And at last, Candace, again, another great finish. Deflection off Tierney, probably not in the best position, but Tierney's, Tierney's trying to anticipate after the Bayatas missed the first one. And I, and I don't know where Semyonovic was at all. He was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, well, we'll certainly come on to him in a second as well. So... It was Dembele with a real touch of class to, to draw Celtic level. And listening to a few people, they were fairly, not, not critical of Dembele's performance as a whole, but not his best. But that goal was just really what he's all about, Graham. A brilliant touch just to yeah, lift yeah, over Fodring. That was it. And I think Celtic were helped by the fact that Bates had been replaced by Cardoso. And Bates, Scottish player, who's definitely improved as the season's gone on for Rangers. Strong, he's, he's got a bit of pace with him as well. But I think Brown, that pass, it was fantastic. And Dembele, that's his absolute best. Like a deft touch with his head. Fodenham's closing the angle. And he just pulls a fantastic finish. And that, I think, is the hallmark of the striker that Dembele is. He's a fantastic striker. I, I wholeheartedly disagree with anyone who thought Dembele wasn't his best on Sunday. Yeah, I thought he was That was good. Dembele. That, that's an eight-stroke nine performance. Not just the goal, just the way he led the line. And I tell you what, see... See if you watch the pass again for Edward's winner. Yeah, it's sublime. It's uh, it's, and I touched on it on Friday. I see there's a communication, uh, you know, not you know with the two of them. The two of them communicate. Partnership. Yeah, yeah, they can sp- they speak French and they they know each other and they clearly get on well together. And there's that kind of telepathic understanding because it was instant. McGregor shunted to him, bang, and Edward was away. But I mean, his goal, his goal itself was terrific. You know, you can lay questions at the Rangers defence here, but you're still taking a ball out the air, you know, killing it with one touch, getting yourself steady, and then have the presence of mind just to just to dink it over the advancing goalkeeper. I mean, pitching it wedge, that's what it was uh, like. Uh, the way yeah. the, the nice little it, kind of Tiger Woods would have with that. It's subtle, you know, but it, and it's effective, you know. So anyone who says that Dembele wasn't good on Sunday, I, I personally don't know what game they're watching and I would question their football knowledge, to be honest. 
And just on Dembele, it's looking like, Graham, he's going to get a senior France call-up, which is, you know, quite a turnaround from where we were with Dembele maybe a couple of months ago when he perhaps his talk of his his head being turned. But that would be, you know, a massive achievement for him. Yeah, and I think maybe international level, it's probably not the probably the same turnaround. I think he's, he's called form, but he's formed for the under-21s, a hat-trick against Slovenia. He's played regularly for a couple of years. Uh, and I think that's the plan for France. Like they've been able to bring these really talented players, not front especially, and attacking options. Phenomenal. Like they've got some of the best young players in the world, and they can choose between them. But Dembele brings something different. He's physical. Giroud's played a lot of football around players probably more talented than him in recent years. And Dembele's of that out. He's, he's probably more physical naturally than Giroud. And he's definitely an option. I think if he keeps up his form for Celtic for the remainder of the season... I would. I think he's got a great chance of maybe nicking in the squad at the end there. Another one in the eye for the knockers of Scottish football. How many players come here and then end up with international caps? Yeah, it's I quite a high percentage. Well you know well. what I mean? So Scottish football can't be that bad if they're playing at a, a level that gets them capped for their countries. You know. So again, uh, France should cap him because he's shown good good form. You know, he can only play against the teams that. You know that you're up against in, in Scotland. You know, but he's turned another one who's a big game player and has turned it on in big games. So if you can transfer that for club form and big games to international form, then France have won a watch and he has done really well in the twenty one. So it's a natural progression. You know, he's uh, progressing the twenty ones and he's playing. He's now become the main man again at Celtic. So it, it's uh, that's that's a reward for for what you're doing. He, for both of those clubs, for both of those teams, he seems to be on it again, Tony. After that transfer window and talk of him moving down south, his last couple of games, um, well, you were really impressed with him at the weekend, but he seems to be sort of back to Dembele uh, that we saw last season. Players always say that the, the speculation doesn't affect them, and they don't read papers, and they don't don't pay much attention to what's been said in the media about them. It's lies. Of course, it affects them. You know, it, it must. You know how a player can be. You know, firing in all cylinders, well, one week and then a couple of weeks later, if they're talking about mind-boggling sums of money and I move here or I move there to, to pastures new and somewhere brighter, then it, it has to have an effect on it. And I think that the, the thing with Dembele is maybe he did get his head turned, but you don't know, but something affected him. But the only way he'll get his move is if he does, he, he continues to do what he did on Sunday. And that is just screw the head and show people what you're all about and how good a player you are. And he did that on Sunday and he showcased his talent in front of a lot of people and a, and a, and a big watching audience. So you can't do any more than that. And and he will get his move that he craves. There's no doubt about that because he's a, he's a phenomenally talented footballer. And again, I, I reiterate what I said before, he'll be worth however much somebody wants to spend on him. So pluck any figure out there, it doesn't matter. It'll be worth whatever somebody turns up and makes Celtic say, we'll do business. And moving back on to the game, Graham. so the next major incident we've got is the red card. Yep. Firstly, is there any debate on it? Well, first view, I thought there was... I wasn't 100% sure, but the more you watch, it was it was definitely a red card, 100%. And I think, it, for the reason that his elbow, the position it was, it wasn't straight arm. He was trying to block off Mirela Simonovic, and obviously... Uh, MP Douglas Ross was straight on the case and made it very clear what yes, he thought the decision was. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was a red card. It was a really silly thing to do at that time in the game at two each. It's high and it's reckless. Yeah, you know you and you give 
a referee, every people always say that you, you give a referee a decision to make and then when you do have your assistant shouting red card a number of times and on the evidence of what he's witnessed, then you know, it, it's it's hard to argue with that. You know, you can't really blame Willie Collum. He's going on what Douglas Ross has seen. So you can debate it all day, but when you in in real time, it didn't look that bad. But when you see it in the replay and you slow it down over, he, his arm is in a pretty unnatural position, and it and it is to block Morelos off, and it's not a forearm smash, you know, but it has caught him high, and it's reckless. And even Brendan Rogers himself said in the aftermath he understood why it was given. So when your man is just saying that, you know, you have to say, okay, you called it right. And Semenovic, she's another one, Graham, who has been culpable um, a lot with sort of individual mistakes. Yeah. He's, he's again, he's not had the best of best of seasons. Yeah, and I think he was one of many. Obviously, last year when Celtic were thriving, everyone was playing well, but in particular Semenovic, for a player who was so close to being out the door, uh, earlier that earlier last season when he, for Torino they were very close to sign him. He really, he'd really grown into the role and shown his abilities. But this season it's been a catalogue of errors. He's, he's got no confidence. The Hearts game was abysmal. He was very poor that day. He was the worst player in the park of a team full of bad players. And then he was out the side for a few weeks and that's him back in. But there's no consistency. He was very good at home against Zenit. Poor the week after. There's individual mistakes. He's probably not physical enough. I think that's a problem. The reasons maybe I think Boyata still has plenty to offer for Celtic is that when he's at his best, he's raw, he pushes players, he gets forward, and he didn't do that for the Morelos goal. But Semenovic's weaknesses, he's a bit tepid at times, a bit passive, and I think long-term, I don't think he is the answer for Celtic. I, I think if there's a player from last season that's regressed, it's it's Jozo Semenovic. Well, last year he was an automatic pick and was shown his quality, but I, I don't know what's happened to him. Uh, he just seems to have regressed so badly that he... He is. He's playing like a player who's, who's suffering a lack of confidence at the moment. And when you have a when you when you're supposed to be one of the strong backline players, that that's not that's not good for Celtic as a team moving forward. You know. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons he's been so appealing and to Brendan Rodgers and he's been able to come back in the team is his passing can be very good on a good day. He's one of the players that can just slide it into midfield very well. His passing rate in all seasons very high as well. But on days when he's defending like that, I think most strikers in Scotland and definitely abroad would would like to play against him you can definitely get at him there's days he's just not on the ball and teams can take advantage Morelos was able to give him a, a torrid time I go back to the 5-1 game at Ibrox when he made the challenge on Kenny Miller and that was a Semyonovic of old yeah that feels like a lifetime you know, ago now to yeah him. I mean you, you, you feel like you're watching a different player who's incapable of making a, that challenge again so where does Brendan Rodgers go from here with the defence? Because, again, it is a bit Jekyll and Hyde that last 20 minutes to put up a brilliant bats-to-the-wall job, but it has been the talking point of the season, the weakness in defence. So for you, Graham, does he persist with what he's got at the moment or does he really need to look at a big shake-up in the summer? I, th- I think Compare's the interesting one. Obviously, we've only been able to see him against Morton, but we know why he was bought, he's experienced, hopefully he brings a level of leadership the way maybe Scott Brown does in midfield. You would hope, I think Boyata, again, I'm saving Boyata here, I think I'm working as his agent, but I think alongside a competent, solid uh, colleague in defence, I think Boyata could still have his merits. 
even if it's just up until the summer. But I think a lot depends on that. I thought Jack Henry coming on at right back the other day, I, th- I think you could see his abilities, he's very athletic, but he's still got a way to go. And that, again, depends on formation, the way they play. But I think there's still signs that Celtic are not defending well. You could, it was obvious in the first half, but I think the hope, hopefully, is Compare can come in and steady the ship. I think it's obvious that Celtic need at least two defenders. need a right-back, a new right-back, and also a centre-back. You know, and then you pair them Boyata, Ayer, with, with whoever comes in, compare with whoever comes in. But I think that's blatantly obvious that they still need another two class defenders or quality defenders because it is causing them problems. It has been their Achilles heel and it will continue to cause problems until they address it. You know, and it's all right, Perlman, one from two and three and stuff and trying to get the blend and the formula right. He's not got it right since he came in the door. You know? Last season was an unprecedented season. Yeah. Things seem to go but for them. You know? boy at last season. They, they, the yeah. second half of the season, they were yeah, quite solid. But again, they they were they were solid enough, but got found out when you know they took the step up. You know, and if you really want to make inroads in Europe, which is probably the next level of Brendan's pro- progression for the team, then you'll need to get a quality defence. You know, one who just gives away nothing. Yeah. Do you think there's a way, maybe tactically from that point, what Brendan Rodgers asks of his players, how the passing from the back, very expansive. Do you think there's central defenders in Celtic's price range that can be able to stem the flow at times in well, these games? <laughs> that's that's a question manager will have to answer, isn't it? You know, they, they, surely they've got a scouting network out there that are scouting defenders in that bracket. I, I'm not asking them to be Ronald Koeman, you know, or, or Barese. I'm just asking them to be able to do the basics. And at, at this moment in time, there's, there's a few Celtic defenders who are failing to do the basics, which is why they've they've had problems in defence. I, I mean, is that that's a fair comment, is it not? Oh, hundred percent. You know, and and you you can teach players all they want, you know, in training and drill them and say, but when they go on the park and they just forget how to do basic stuff, you know, you just want no nonsense types in there, header the ball away when it comes in high, and and take it away in the deck. You work on the football attributes later. So we've been critical and and perhaps rightly so of the defence. So let's move on for a bit of praise now because at two all. <laughs> We've got uh, Celtic got a ten-man team. How, how did you expect Celtic to go on and win it? I mean, what was what was the big? Was there a game-changing moment? Perhaps the introduction of Edward up front when when Rogers could have just you know put more men at the back. Yeah, I think one one thing that got picked up uh, in the aftermath of the game was this kind of viral clip of the difference between Rogers and Marty, which it's unfair on Marty because I think he's he's been able to do a really good job with Rangers, but it was basically showing Brendan Rogers very calm pulling Scott Brown across, telling him to almost sit, I think, as a, a third centre-half. Uh, he's rolling the team and there was a, obviously Monty kind of just cheerleading, uh, motivating these players. And I think Rodgers was very calm. He, he touched upon it after the game, how he players obviously prepare to play with 10 men. That's part of training. And I, th- I thought Celtic, irrespective of Edward's magic, I think it was highly likely they were able to get out of there at the score. I think sitting deeper suited them at it stifled Rangers. Celtic were just very calm, very composed, and I think as much as they disappointed in the first half defensively, there was there was a lot of merit in the way they played in the second half. I thought it was a, a lot to like. A great insight into Brendan Rodgers' management when he told you what he did and why he put on Edward when he said he saw Tavernier and 
Candice. bombing forward. Yeah, two of them bombing forward, and he said all he wanted was for Edward to link up with uh, Dembele, and they would have a two and two break, which is exactly what happened for the goal. It executed perfect game plan. He threw him on for the quick break, so they would be two and two, and then when going back to Edward, it's all down to technique. Then, you know, once you get into that position, can you bury it? Can you not? And he buried it all right, you know? And that was a chance that Brendan Rodgers threw him on for in the hope that he would take it. Yeah, it was a, ga- a gamble to, to respond. Yeah, But it was a calculated gamble yeah. because he'd been watching what had happened and he said, and he did say, I want I put him on for the, to get the two and two because he knew at one moment in time in that game before it ended, him and Dembele would link because, again, going back to the partnership thing that they're developing, you know? So, and... And what a finish. An absolute top top door finish. If Messi does that against Real Madrid it's shown now ad infinitum. You know, and to keep your composure in that kind of game when you've been introduced with the game at two each, ten men, pressure on, and you're a young man and to do that in, in, in a game of that magnitude is Sensational! It is sensational. Yeah, Rogers really earned his corn in the, in the last twenty minutes. There is it one of his finest moments. He's had a, a few of them as Celtic boss, but you know, ten men at Ibrooks to go on and win it. It was you know, it's a really significant moment for Rogers. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's definitely a changing of the narrative as well because going into the game, there was Celtic supporters were boisterous and oh, we've been able to beat you before, we'll be able to do it again. But recent form, Rangers were flying, Celtic were at times up and down in recent games but I, th- I thought the way Celtic a couple of things to the game they, they obviously showed great character two bad goals to concede in the first half but the one thing I really liked about Celtic on Sunday was the way they were able to break the lines it was much better I think the way they were able to just there was less of the kind of sideways passing they were pushing forward and making a difference it was really really impressive so we'll finish up shortly then, but what I really wanted to talk about more about was Edward. So he's beginning to really show his worth in the last you know, couple of months, Tony. Celtic can get him on a permanent deal for £7 million this summer. Is it a no-brainer now? Or I mean, that would be Celtic's most expensive ever signing ahead of Chris Sutton. Should they pay that money? Of course. I think he'd be worth splashing out £7 million quid for. Because where are you going to get a striker that scores goals? and the quality of goals that he scores and has scored since he came to Celtic for that kind of money. These kind of players cost a fortune. You know, and if Celtic can land him for seven million quid and then maybe sell him in a year, two years for, again, a, a higher sum, then they'll think they'll want to watch. You know, and I don't think he's done anything to justify not buying him. Again, it's over to Law and the Celtic board for that, isn't it? What about you, Graham? Would yeah, you try and I convince think, the board to splash him yeah, on? I think he's got kind of maverick qualities about him. Even games when he wasn't firing on all cin- cylinders, he's been able to nice little touches. His hold up plays get much better in 2018. And that goal at the weekend, he's, he's a touch of class. The only thing you might worry about was if you invested that money under the assumption that Dembele leaves. They two have got a great partnership. Maybe he's wouldn't be as good through the middle on his own but there is qualities there there's a player of talent and I think at the price it's a big it's a big price to pay especially in this era of Scottish football but you've had him in the door you know what he can do 
I think there's definitely an appeal there for making the deal permanent in the summer. Okay, Graham. So looking back on the game as a whole, it's three points for Celtic, but it's a lot more than that as well, isn't it? It's it's now fairly inevitable that the title will be wrapped up in the next few weeks for Celtic. Yep, seventh consecutive title. It's a massive thing, but I think for Celtic, going forward the remaining games, it's about finding a level that they haven't been able to consistently achieve this season. Just real performances, weekend away to far part. The away games have, on the most part, have been more impressive than the home games. But I think a, a real performance is needed. A big win there, players have come back to form. You'd expect more minutes for guys like maybe Charlie Massonda. Patrick Roberts obviously needs some game time, but his loan's obviously come to an end. And they'll be, they'll be trying to keep themselves strong and playing well for the playing Rangers next in the Scottish Cup final, uh, Scottish Cup semi-final, sorry, next month, so there's there's plenty still to go for a double treble, plenty of records on the line, so it's, there's, there's no letting up, I don't think, for Brendan Rodgers' side in the next few weeks. Absolutely, and you just touched on um, the game at Fir Park on Sunday there, so Tony's just nipped out uh, just in time for predictions, he's trying to run away as usual, so... Graham, uh, how do you see this one going? Um, it's never an easy place to go to, Fir Park. No, and that's nearly where the the unbeaten run ended. Uh, last, I think it was November, start of December, and I think Fir Park can be a difficult place. It can, in Motherwell, I think they were very poor by all accounts at the weekend against Hamilton, but Celtic should be now playing at a level back to that pass, and I think Cham and Brown, I think, talking about earlier on, both of them were just fantastic at the weekend and I think Cham's grown into the, the all-round Celtic midfielder that he was bought last summer for 4.5 million. I would expect Celtic to play very well, a real tempo to their play, I think that's when they're at their best. And I touched upon earlier, there was a lot of times there was a lot of sideways passing, it was uh, very monotonous and I think that they found real energy against Rangers and I would expect that to continue. So I'll say I won't, they won't keep a clean sheet mind you and I think they're not guaranteed to do that in any game but I'll go for 3-1 Celtic. Uh, wouldn't even surprise me if they're up two or three goals early in the game Brilliant, well thanks very much for that Graham. Uh, thanks to you for joining us this afternoon and to Tony as well We'll be looking to join you again next midweek where we'll reflect on Celtic's trip to Fur Park on Sunday Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available and if you liked it please review and rate us on there too Thanks for listening